Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Farron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Hey everyone, welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast. Uh, This is your host, Alex, lead pastor of Midtown Church, and today I'm joined by Benjamin Ford. He is a good friend of mine and a children's pastor in Lenexa, Kansas, which is not not too far from here. No, not far at all. Like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not far. So uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry right now. You've been at Lenexa City Center Church for about two years? Oh. Three years? Five. Five years. Yeah, wow, five I was years. way off. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, we are really focusing on just a few very important things when it comes to children's ministry. Mm-hmm. We always want to make sure that people and their families feel safe, um, that the kids have fun, mm-hmm. that the families feel like they are connected, and that we are passionately teaching the gospel. Yeah. Uh, something that we've discovered is that Oftentimes, even if we are only like teaching straight biblical facts, but the mm-hmm. kids aren't having a good time, parents don't care. Yeah, Parents don't care about the fact that um, what you're presenting is great yep. if the kid is all, not also having a good time while they're doing it. Yep. Um, and that's the thing that really kind of brings the kids back because mm-hmm. if a child is engaged in a really healthy and fun environment – they will communicate that to the parents and mm. they will want to come back, yeah. which in turn gets the parents plugged in and then you have the whole family there. You have it's the whole family there. Something, something I've always appreciated about your ministry when I've seen like stuff on social media is you'll take on some pretty heavy topics for kids. And okay. you 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 like you'll really lean into biblical truth and obviously making it fun. Right. Um, but there's I've seen you take on some topics that I most children's pastors have probably avoided for a long time well i i think that it's important to communicate to kids certain things and not to assume that they're not and not assume that they are um incapable Mm. of being able to process it but also i'm coming from a perspective of knowing what i was raised in and knowing that if i equip them with the knowledge that i was withheld from a younger age or taught maybe incorrectly that I can set them up a little bit better than I will set up myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, And speaking of, you know, important topics. Yes. We want to cover Juneteenth, which, you know, coming from like white church, white evangelical Christianity, this is not something we talk about or have not talked about in the past. This was really something that I only encountered maybe five years ago, Mm -hmm. roughly. And um, it's, you know, quickly, I think, gaining more steam in American consciousness generally. Um, But we kind of just want to talk through and dialogue about what it means um, for the church to kind of engage with Juneteenth and celebrate um, this important event in U.S. history. So we'll kind of start there like help help us understand what Juneteenth is and its significance in history yeah for sure so Juneteenth 
um, is a day that is essentially the the day of recognition yeah. of freedom, like the actual freedom for slaves. It's June 19th, so it's shortened to Juneteenth. Uh, I believe that it was 18, technically, if we're going to get technical. <laughs> get technical. If we're going to get technical. So Abraham Lincoln did the Emancipation Proclamation, right? That was right. 1863. Yeah. And it was supposed to take effect um, it did not officially take effect fully until 1865 mm. um, and I believe that Texas was like one of the last states to actually recognize the Emancipation Proclamation and to, to recognize that slaves were free wow. um, and so throughout history we've seen this day and it's funny because you're right um, as a whole, the United States has not really done anything intentional about recognizing it. Yeah. I, through the years, have really celebrated by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of what it what it's come down to, is that I've acknowledged the day, um, had a an internal monologue about mm-hmm. what the day means to me, and then you kind of keep pushing, as if nothing else has changed. Wow. Um, the people around you, the people that you work with, they don't have that same recognition and so you um you kind of just kind of keep on pushing through the day having this mini celebration and mini recognition and um even these like moments of like silent reflection Hmm. when you realize what happened i mean 200 years ago yeah and you it kind of it it humbles you Hmm. really it humbles you that um, that I have the privilege to be alive now. I know that, you know, the United States is not perfect. We know that. Right. Um, but I, I am, I'm humbled mm. to be alive right now to have uh, my life built upon by the people who came come before me, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. to be able to even have a conversation with you, someone that I can call friend yep. who looks nothing right. like me. I'm black, by the way, <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering. And I'm white. He is. Uh, what, uh, what do, I mean, just share your experience of celebrating Juneteenth in individually. Mm-hmm. What a, I, I don't want to say a, it's not a sad experience, but you're talking about something where an entire community is liberated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in over years, you've had to just go, this is something I acknowledge by myself. Right. Uh, because the rest of the community that's surrounding you isn't acknowledging it. Is right. It, so is it an issue of refusing to acknowledge or do you think it's more of an issue of lack of knowledge? I definitely think that ignorance plays a big part into yeah. it. And part of that, I feel, I might say some very polarizing things on That's, this podcast, just so okay. you know. Um, and just so that it is um, a disclaimer, uh-huh. these are the opinions of Benjamin Ford and not of uh, Midtown Church. Yeah. Midtown. Midtown. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought I was saying that wrong. No. Anyway. <laughs> Midtown Church. I, uh, so growing up, I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. So that was a completely different experience as yeah. well. Um, and oftentimes, yes, I did have very individual experience, experiences of, of racism and, and bigotry and all these mm-hmm. different things. But when it came to Juneteenth, um, my parents talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had conversations with, uh, black teachers who talked about it, but as far as American history, um, it was not something that was brought up at all. It wasn't something that we talked about or communicated about. 
And even, I don't believe we even discussed it in my African-American studies class. Really? Imagine. Okay, (laughs) picture this. Um, High school, my teacher is this older white gentleman. Uh, His last name is uh, Pachankus. (laughs) And he collected spam. (laughs) It was a very, it was it was something straight out of a sitcom. Yeah. Um, but even even in that environment, it was not something that was intentionally communicated. And mm. so, as I grew older and I became more aware of what this day could mean, mm. um, I became more. And I guess it, you could really go either way with it, but for me, I became more conscious of the intentionality that I needed to take for myself. Yeah. That even if other people aren't recognizing it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the time to acknowledge that this is a day of uh, reflection. It's a day of celebration. It's a day to just sit back and, and celebrate the fact that I am now seen, or I guess because of this day, I have the freedom to say I am a human being really is what it, what it meant for so many other people, even though, you know, there was the whole three fifths thing of a human, but, um, it's just, it, it baffles me sometimes that it took a, a law to make a living, breathing person to be recognized as a a full human, you know? Right. Right. And so it was, it was an intentionality that I even had to build in myself because it wasn't something that was always put in front of me. It wasn't seen as something that was always celebrated. So I had to take the intentional steps that Mm. in spite of everyone, even, you know, even at church, people didn't talk about it. Mm. I was going to celebrate it. Mm. So in my own little corner, in my own little chair, just like Brandy and Cinderella, I (laughs) took the time to recognize and I said, you know what? I can be whatever I want to be. Yeah. Wow. So you've, you've kind of touched on what that celebration has meant to you as you know, a black man living 200 years after slavery, which, you know, we say 200 years as if it's a long time. 200 years is not a long time. It was yesterday. You're talking about a handful of generations. You're talking about great grandparents who are the first generation out of slavery. So Mm -hmm. that is not a large gap, not to mention the ripple effects after slavery. So racism did not end and no. Yeah. So there's there's still a, a huge amount of work to be done. Um, but what have you seen, like, as, as communities or, or more have become aware of Juneteenth? What are some of the kind of the s- celebrations you've seen? Some are, what are some of the, like, healthy expressions of it that you've seen um, that you appreciate? Healthy expressions. I love the fact that you said that. A healthy expression is just being and standing in solidarity Mm. simply saying hey you know what this why wouldn't this not be a day to celebrate this is a fantastic day and it is not saying that something that it's not like something that we you and i Uh could not celebrate together right you can celebrate it why because it is a fantastic day hey people who do not look like me were given freedom in this country amen like it's it's simply that it takes nothing away from you um and as a matter of fact, I would say that it gives something to you because it gives you something to celebrate because you don't have to live in that. Absolutely. I don't have to live in that. Absolutely. And so some s- simple, very simple, healthy things that could be done is 
a good old-fashioned cookout. You know what? Hey. Taking the time to acknowledge and say, yeah. hey, you know what? We have the freedom to do this. There doesn't have to be discrimination. Yeah. There doesn't have to be bigotry. We can join together and break bread. Mm-hmm. That's a very simple thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen a small uh, productions put on mm. just to take the time to recognize history and then recognize and declare, hey, this is where we're going. Yeah. We're going to make an intentional effort to move forward. Yeah. Those are probably the two healthiest things that I've seen. Yeah. Breaking bread and then a simple acknowledgement of where we were, where we are, and where we're going. Yes, yes. I mean, you just kind of alluded to it that we like what we are currently doing. Yes sitting in you know our my apartment in in midtown as a a white man and a black man stands in some ways as a result of of juneteenth like we wouldn't have had this conversation if this was you know 1850 so like the we our friendship is is kind of built on this moment in history right you know though there was there's still a lot of work to do it restored dignity and humanity to um a whole community that it was brutally ripped away from right um and so get out celebrate it break bread and you know and the funny thing is like so the way that you just said it Mm. um it restored because the fact of the matter is is that when and again i just i feel some type of way (laughs) but when the individuals were brought over from africa on the boats when they landed on uh, North American soil, they were innately seen as slaves, mm. but it didn't change the fact of who they were, their their DNA, because there were there were doctors and there were the people, businessmen, all of the like yeah. their identity, although it was given to yeah. them as something else, didn't change who they are, mm. who they were, what they knew, mm-hmm. their entire life. It didn't change who they were. Um, that was something that was cast upon them. Mm-hmm. And so legally, yes, you're right. It took a declaration from a higher power to legally say, fine, you will be recognized as a full human and you have your freedom. But the fact of the matter is, is that so many of them, and I'm going to say all of them, mm-hmm. were yeah. just like they were human. It was the simple fact that a law was a thing that... yeah change that yeah and and as you like kind of dig into this history you just find constant stories of little acts of defiant hope Mm -hmm. of these these former slaves fight like just insisting on their own humanity and there's so much like there's so much um power in that type of uh, expression and so much, so much we can draw from. Let me tell you, my my family has been doing research into our 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 past and our ancestors just because we we don't know. There's so much that we don't know. Yeah. Um, and my cousin came across something that it sounds so maybe it might sound trivial to some, but uh, there was a register of slaves and there's a name on there that traces back to us and the markings next to it. Um, one of them uh, had a uh, an, an M mm. next to it, which for this one would have stood for like mulatto, mm. uh, which means that there was some intermixing going on with mm. probably owner and slave. Mm. Um, but it was also marked as a runaway. 
Wow. which made me feel some type of way. I'm like, that you better rebel. You know, there was there was this sense yeah. of pride that was yeah. just like, you know what? Yes. Yes. They 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 knew they were like they they're not taking it and yeah. they um apparently never found. Never wow. found them. And so like that's that's a little exciting to me. Yeah. You know, uh because that for me I could only trace back to a great grandparent. Mm. Um I don't know genuinely know like roots descent nothing along those lines and so you know with culture and history the only thing that we know is what we've built over the last like 200 years right yeah um so it's another reason to be able to celebrate juneteenth is that now i'm getting a chance to celebrate culture as well absolutely absolutely we were just talking about um jamar tisby's book the color of compromise and in it he he really highlights like the church's role in racial justice and kind of insisting racism is something we still have to continue confronting and one of his arguments kind of towards the end is that we should make Juneteenth a national holiday um, that uh, yes. he's, I think he mentions about 40 states currently have it as a state holiday but we haven't we've yet to make it a national holiday and he insists that there's kind of three reasons for doing so it highlights freedom the, the land of the free absolutely home of the brave but it wasn't the case for a while. So it highlights freedom. It commemorates an important event in U- U.S. history. I mean, that is a, a massive, monumental. Event, monumental event in U.S. history that goes untalked about every June. Right. Um, and then third, it helps us identify how far we've come, but also how far we have to go as a nation. Exactly. Um, and so there's... Uh, another guy, Brian Stevenson, always insists for us to move forward and to heal as a nation. We have to confront our past. And so in so many ways, Juneteenth helps us confront and acknowledge America's past while mm-hmm. looking to the future. So it's like this lament and hope all at the same time. Let me tell you, if if we as a country, the United States of America, which, I mean, if we're if we're being completely... Like honest, America has its faults. Yeah, is a great country. Mm-hmm. Definitely has its faults. Yeah, but I I love living in America. Yeah. I have friends in um, South America, and excuse me, I should probably say I love living in the United States. Yeah, because there, I mean, there's a definitive difference between North and South America. But I love living in the United States, and if we as a country would take the time to acknowledge our history as a whole versus just ignoring it. Mm. I think we could be even greater. Absolutely. I think that we really could be everything that we boast yeah. about yeah. being, yeah. you know, yeah. if we took the time to acknowledge the faults in our foundation and were intentional about acknowledging, Hey, these are things that we've built our country on mm. and we're not proud of them. Let's acknowledge them. Let's heal the faults so that we can yeah. continue to build on top of that, you know? Yep. Yep. And I don't see how that hurts us as a country. Hmm. I don't think I, it's something that I can't quite wrap my mind around Yeah. that other things yep. we take the time to acknowledge yep. other things that have impacted our country as a whole we we take the time to acknowledge Mm -hmm. but a momentous occasion of freedom seems so polarizing like why does this have to be a discussion yeah you know yeah 
Yeah. So that's that's something that I always struggle with a lot. Um, just as a black man, uh-huh. I struggle with the fact that we are supposed to celebrate our freedom on 4th of July as a country. Sure, yeah. I get it. Pop a fireworks, <laughs> eat a hot dog. It's great. Yeah. Um, but something that happened in America hits a little bit closer to home mm-hmm. and is also about freedom mm-hmm. seems to be like it's up for discussion <laughs> or maybe not like it, it gets put across the table and everybody kind of looks at it and just kind of patches it and hits <laughs> the floor you know yeah it's just it's a little confusing for me yeah you mentioned something about you know america addressing the foundational issues of of racism and and prejudice and something i thought of while you were saying that is in though that confrontation will probably take some pain like it'll it'll probably be painful for some to confront um those things but we also acknowledge like with surgery there's a little bit of pain that ultimately for the long term does a lot more good than just ignoring it Mm -hmm. and ignoring the problem and um, so in many ways much of the united states has ignored the problem for a long time yes um brushing over it and now i think we've for the betterment of the country this is an opportunity for us to look back and to say that was wrong and look at the incredible way that it has been made right and is going to continue to be made right. Right. So it's, it's continuing to move forward. Um, how, how do you think this impacts us as, as Christians, as, as people of Christ? Um, what, would you, what have you seen maybe the church done well in this regard? And what w- maybe would you say the church could do better? So... As a believer, as a child of God, it is, I will say this past year has probably been the most grueling year for me. Um, I almost quit. I almost threw in the towel and just wanted to like leave and disappear because, well, for one, I had a lot of hope in people. Hmm. And there's a a statement that talks about uncommunicated expectations lead to premeditated resentment. And I definitely found myself in that position where I felt like because people let me down, I now have the right to quit and abandon Mm -hmm. the call on my life. Inside the church... I believe that we have a responsibility and the ability to create spaces to not only lament with each other, yep. but to also heal hurts and then um, point things in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think in surrendering things to Christ and asking god for direction i don't think that it's wrong it, i mean it would be just like with anything else if i had an issue in my marriage i would have to address the issue right i would have to acknowledge the issue and then i would be responsible since i'm now aware of the issue i can't claim ignorance anymore you know i i always have this saying that i don't 
educate for free and I don't care to repeat myself. Mm. Um, now hear me when I say this, <laughs> this is a much more, um, carnal, you know, comment, uh, because once I educate someone on something that I might be knowledgeable about that they are not, you are now paying with your ignorance. Your ignorance is your exchange of currency for this mm-hmm. moment. And um, I don't like repeating myself. It's just something that I say because I think it has a nice punch at the end. Um, <laughs> it does. It does, right? Like it, like it sounds nice. But, you know, claiming ignorance when you have had the opportunity to be educated about something that greatly impacts the world and could greatly impact your congregation. I think it's a, I think it's an important thing that you listen, but you also seek God about Mm. because every DNA of every single church is completely different. But in the grand scheme of things, I think that it positions us in such a way to not only uh, address the hurting, but to empower people Mm. to really pursue God uh, in the long run because if I am stuck solely in the pain if I'm stuck solely in the fact that there is a mourning going on in my heart um, I'm not going to be able to grow I'm not going to be able to progress the way that I could Mm -hmm. if this was something that I had genuinely addressed And, and to the other side, if we only celebrate, if like we ignore the pain, we ignore the past and we just say, oh, that was in the past. Let's keep going. We, we ultimately also ignore how we can grow. So it's, it's almost like this. We hold intention, mm-hmm. pain and celebration. Yeah. It, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of the times of, um, I don't know how funerals have been for you. But for me as a black individual, what we would do is we would go to the service, we would mourn, we'd go to the gravesite, um, say our final goodbyes, and then we would come back, mm. commune together, and celebrate. Yep. Um, celebrate there, the life. So you celebrate yeah. the life. There were still you know, some tears every once in a while yeah. when a memory came up, but there was this moment of genuine celebration yeah. where we were able to come together as a family mm. and uh, reminisce in joy that this person is uh with christ they are they're in heaven and they're celebrating and we were able to experience their life wow you know wow yeah that that the 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 funeral of you know what what has been and then looking towards the future uh is is such a compelling i don't know it's it's such a compelling you know, vision of who Christ is and what the church yeah. is called to be. Um, and, you know, we as, as 21st century followers, I, I think a good way to kind of lean into that is is celebrating Juneteenth, both in lament and in celebration. Uh, any plans for Juneteenth this year for you? For me personally, um, I don't I don't know. Um, I I took the time and I celebrated Black History Month well mm. um i appreciate carter g woodson for going to the mat for uh well, i think it was negro history week yeah. uh, which later became black history month so yeah. appreciate that bro um and i i don't know what's gonna happen for juneteenth i mean it, it, regardless of who celebrates it i know i'm gonna celebrate it mm-hmm. um i don't know what it looks like for uh churches mm-hmm. but i know that what 
I'm going to do is take some time to reflect and honestly just thank God because I learned in this past year that I cannot change anything about the fact that I'm a black man. Mm. Can't do anything about it. And as a matter of fact, I love being black. It has so many great perks um, (laughs) in spite of what the world might say about something that I cannot change. I love it. And knowing that I can't change it and knowing that Mm -hmm. I am in a position that I am, I, I use it as a, a way of communication. I use it a way of perspective and an insight. And I realize that, you know, my voice is valuable. Yeah. It's valuable and it's worth listening to. And even if others believe that, my skin or my hair Mm -hmm. is a handicap i have learned this past year that i cannot live under the identity of someone else Mm -hmm. when i am a child of god amen it's been that has probably been the most difficult thing to wrestle with being a black man and being a christian it has been a grueling fight Mm -hmm. and i cannot tell you how thankful i am to I feel like, and this is, I don't know if this is going to sound too cliche. I feel like I was born again for the first time. Mm. Um, not like, you know, being down there in children's church. Cause yeah. I, and I grew up in church. Yeah. Uh, I, it's not like, you know, I raise my hand every week. <laughs> the, the legalism. Um, I, I feel like I actually understand my identity in Christ. Wow. Far more so than just being, yeah, you know, I love Jesus. He's great. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like Christ knows who I am Mm. because of the relationship that we have. I'm not going to allow someone who says that they speak for God, Mm. but not showing the character of God to throw an identity on me. Yeah. And understanding that and understanding who I am has changed my ability to even you know reach other people who are hurting yeah and who knows i don't don't know what what's going to happen but yeah prayerfully god does something with my willingness yeah in in that i heard a little bit of a a challenge to the church to to really reveal the character and the goodness of god to people for from for in the in the past year or so there's definitely been moments where it's hard to say as a whole the mm-hmm. church because it's it's made up of a vast yes, diversity is. of people. Um, so I, I think maybe if I can rightly say a, a white evangelical corpus of the church, um, really their indifference mm-hmm. and um, uh, lack of concern yes has probably been a barrier for many and so for for the faithful for those who who are really apprentices to christ it is our task to um love that yeah to break down the 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 dividing walls as paul puts it in ephesians Mm -hmm. and to really embrace um embrace the the diversity of god's family yeah um before we uh, yeah. yeah, let me just say something. Since yeah. you're talking to the white church, let me talk to the black church real quick. Um, in in saying that and understanding the the responsibility uh-huh. that we can assume that we can have, um, one thing that I know that really needs to happen in the 
uh, in the black church, especially in a situation like this, mm-hmm. is to not abuse authority mm. to really understand that you as a authority figure in your church, you are simply a lead sheep mm. because you should be searching after Christ. You should be wow. following the voice of God and you do have a responsibility, but it is not to abuse the authority that you've been given because you will have to answer for that. Wow. Um, and I, I hate it so much because I've seen it so much in, in my life. I've seen the, the commitment and the absolute, um, giving all mm-hmm. to the church out of the black community only to be manipulated and just abused inside of the church and people looking to the men and women of God and turning out that they've been, you know, playthings mm. the entire time. And, and I hate that because people who should be representing the character of God are not. And people who are, and granted we are all responsible for, our personal relationships with God. I I can't have a relationship with somebody if I only talk to them on a Sunday, (laughs) you know, Um, although we are all responsible for our own relationships with God, those of us who are in a position of authority um, as pastors, uh, men and women pastors, it is our responsibility to make sure that we are mindful of those that we are leading. And so I would just really put a, a challenge for those of us who are in that position to be mindful of our words, our intentions and our actions, because the people who are watching us as we lead make note of that. So please. Yeah. This has been such a, like a great conversation and I look forward. We'll have you back on. Um, I mentioned the color of compromise. Another one of my favorites is uh, one blood by John Perkins, but do you have any resources that you would point people to uh, just for more information? Yes. So one of the books that I have really enjoyed and I've suggested to other people is called Be the Bridge. It is such a well-rounded book. Um, It's by Latasha Morrison. She has started an entire... um, organization about connecting people creating small groups inside of churches and because of the way that the information is given out it can be something that can be done in a workplace it's something that can be done in a church she herself is a believer and it is not something that is a casual commitment it's like it's done in steps and like i said it's done in kind of like a small group setting and i think one of the fears that And if we can just be frank, I think one of the fears that a lot of churches might have with acknowledging something like this Mm -hmm. is that people are going to just get stuck in the uh, place of lamenting Mm -hmm. and that they're not going to move any further. And it's just going to be a bunch of people sitting around complaining. Um, And she is so intentional about that. Like, no, we're going to take this day Mm -hmm. and we're going to lament. But after that, we're going to have conversations. We're going to discuss and we're going to grow. And then we're going to move forward in this with this new knowledge that we have. So be the bridge. Um, is a, I think a fantastic resource. Yeah. They have so many groups. You can go online. You can sign up for a local group. It's it's like a network of people who are all together with the same mission and goal of wow. yeah, intelligence, not intelligence, but you know education yeah. and yeah. Um, 
just yeah no well, you know it, being intelligent about yeah. the 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 topic at hand Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.